Hi, this is Cameron. And this is Jorge Luis. Here on our HopeCast, we are talking about the baseline of under some vocabulary we need to understand poverty, um, relief, rehabilitation, and development. Thanks for being with us, and here we go. HopeCast. Learning about the life and mission of education equals hope. Hi, I'm Jorge Luis Rodriguez. And I'm Cameron Graham Vivanco. And this is our third chapter of the Hopecast. Woohoo, Hopecast, coming to you from Quito, Ecuador. <laughs> this is a project by Education Equals Hope. A micro scholarship program, sponsorship, scholarship, ah, potato, potato. Someone's <laughs> going to get mad at me about that. Uh, that provi- help provi- helps provide for the education of those in desperate and difficult situations. What a great blessing it has been to share with you guys all um, the stories that Cameron has shared with us about how important it is what we do and how it started. It's just great to hear. Um, as we said before, there's a lot of different um, organizations and ministries providing for people. We are one of them and we are just um, blessed to be part of a great story that God is writing in the lives of others. And today I would like to hear um, a little bit of why do we do this? Not just because, of course, God brought you here for 18 <laughs> years and you thought you were coming here for two years and now you're here 18 years. Details. <laughs> so not about that, but why do we have to do it? How 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 are the, the lives of the people that we meet are um, involved in something mm-hmm. um, that is called poverty? Mm-hmm. How does it work? Why do we have to do something like that? Well, there are two sides to that question. Why do we have to do something? One is, um, personally, as a follower of Jesus, I want to live out what it is I say I believe. Mm-hmm. Our faith, um, our, our people have said for a long time, you know, we're human beings and not human doings, and we really need to, you know, to concentrate on on who, like just being in ourselves and being comfortable. But at the same time, in our, in our faith, um, we are called to to put it into action. Jesus' followers, it wasn't just a mental decision of, oh yeah, I, I believe in Jesus, and then that's good enough. Like it, your life is supposed to. Um, bear the fruit. Um, people who are familiar with scripture might know about um, the gospel of John chapter 15. The whole, the whole chapter is about bearing fruit and what our lives are supposed to look like if we say that we are followers of Jesus. And you can tell if someone is or is not um, uh, a follower of Jesus by the fruit that they bear. Is there anything in their life to pr- to, to show um, or not. And and I don't mean that in any sort of like, oh, yeah, let's look at all these cool missionaries and all that they're doing. Um, let's very seriously, honestly, every person who's ever had a, a hopefully a, a growing and living relationship with God, it is necessary. It is you have to put your faith into action. It's not something, if you say love your neighbor as yourself with your mouth, what are you doing with your body? Because those are very empty words um, if you are not doing something in that. So that's one half. That's a little caveat. <laughs> but I think the real question you are getting at um, is uh, why do we do this? It's because of the, the poverty, the, mm-hmm. the need that we see. Um, 
I'll give you just a, a quick backstory for me. Um, I am from Durham, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Go Tar Heels. <laughs> uh, which we're going to wait. Duke's in Durham. Yeah, I'm Chapel Hill fan all the way. Uh, but I had the incredible privilege of going to an excellent, excellent school. And this is a huge shout out to Durham mm. Academy. Durham Academy <laughs> in Durham, North Carolina. I'm a lifer from first grade to 12th grade wow. and started out um, just as you know any other kid did. But then my family fell on really hard financial times. My parents got divorced. Um, there's all sorts of mess there to, to untangle. But through scholarships, I was able to stay at Durham Academy, and I was able to graduate from Durham Academy. And when I went to university, um, a little shout out to the University of the South in Swanee, Tennessee. (laughs) Mm, I love you people. Mm. Um, I, I got out my high school English notes. Because the education at Durham Academy was just fantastic. And as a, a child, as a student, you don't necessarily know or realize what's going on. Um, some age and some perspective, you turn around and go, wow, what an incredible privilege I had having that education and having scholarships to do it. So in the first HopeCast, um, told the story of meeting Laura and just her needing $22 a month mm-hmm. in order to continue her schooling. And thinking, oh, my gosh, $22 a month, that can make the difference in her life? Well, yeah, I'll find $22 a month. Yeah. And so that that micro scholarship and not, not the big scholarships that I'm so, so, so thankful for, um, but those micro scholarships and knowing personally firsthand, knowing the difference that a quality education made in my life. There's no way that I can pay Durham Academy back. They, they don't really need me to, to, <laughs> to go try to teach for them. Or um, it's a phenomenal school and, and continues to grow in wonderful ways. But the only thing I know how to do to honor what they have done for mm-hmm. me, what my, my mom fought for, um, what my dad tried to give us, the only thing I know to do is, uh, is to pay that forward. And so, and that's really kind of my heart behind Education Will's Hope, why it became so obvious to me the easiest thing in the whole world to do is that, well, let's, let's do micro scholarships um, to meet these students in desperate and difficult places. Now, my desperate and difficult place growing up um, is, a, is in a completely different context to the desperate and difficult things that we, that we see here in Ecuador, that we see in Haiti and in Costa Rica and Rwanda and Kenya, where equals H exists. Um, but really, there, there are three parts of of poverty alleviation that we need to make sure that everyone is on the same page before we move forward, because this will get really confusing if you don't have these three terms nailed down. Mm-hmm. Ready? Yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> I'm, I'm shocked. I, I think it is really important what you're sharing here. The fact of not just finding something to do, but finding the right motive to do it, mm-hmm. you know? And, and yeah, I, I'm just really um, thankful for having someone like you, that understands things not just because you have observed, you know, you have observed other people and other lives, but also because you have lived it too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So keep keep going. Please oh. tell us more. <laughs> Thanks. So um, everyone uh, is probably familiar with the term relief or rehabilitation or development. They are three very very different things, um, and when we confuse them, that's when we make a big mess of trying to help. 
people in desperate and difficult situations. So um, if you can imagine in your your mind a line kind of in the middle of a page, so to speak, and that's just kind of normal life. Um, And when normal life happens, uh, but your baseline is is no running water or your baseline is abuse and neglect or your baseline. There are all sorts of ways that mm-hmm. poverty, and again, we'll, we'll dive into all of this, but that baseline um, development work, um, NGOs development work uh, is trying to make that go up kind of at maybe a 45 degree angle. I'm making up the the degrees there, <laughs> but to, to make it better. Mm-hmm. And that is development work. And that's what equals H um, is devoted to. However, um, if that middle of the line, instead of going up, all of a sudden there's a sharp drop off down, (laughs) whether that's 90 degrees down or 75 degrees down, um, that drop off down, that's some sort of crisis. And we are all living that crisis right now with the COVID-19 pandemic. Mm -hmm. Um, It could be a hurricane. It could be a natural disaster. It could be personal disaster. It could be the death of a family member. It could be divorce, um, a fire, uh, all sorts of things cause um, crisis. Mm -hmm. Um, And that is, and that's where relief or um, crisis alleviation comes in. Now, if you try to, you'll you'll notice that in your mind's eye, the one for development goes up and the one for crisis goes down. If you um, confuse the two different ways of helping somebody and those two different scenarios, mm-hmm. um, which unfortunately happens a lot, then we you get some pretty uh, disappointing results mm-hmm. and marred results. Um, because of that. So if I had a whiteboard, I would just continue to draw my, <laughs> here's the line in the middle of, uh, in the middle. And then that goes down in some sort of crisis. And then the V comes back up to that normalness. That's the rehabilitation part. So the downward part is the crisis. The upward part is the rehabilitation. And then if it goes, if we can get back to that angle going up and better and better, that's development. So just re- just real quick, relief Relief work is stopping this pain, stopping stopping the crisis. It is immediate. It needs to be immediate. When the hurricane struck, medicine and food and um, refrigeration and, and things like that, when COVID um, has struck the whole world here in Ecuador, um, the crisis of COVID, and we'll dedicate a whole hope cast to this, um, is has just been debilitating as the majority of people that Equals H um, partners with, that we work with, the majority of them are day laborers. Mm-hmm. They don't have savings accounts. And if they're not allowed to leave their house, if they're not allowed to go work, where in the world do they get money to to buy 25 cents of onions and potatoes for dinner? Like, it, it's just, yeah. it's challenging. So that's, that's the relief. Um, it needs to be immediate, but relief efforts should be temporary. Mm-hmm. Um, the rehabilitation part is the getting helping people get back on their feet and trying to get back back to normal. That again is temporary. It's the short um, equals age right now. Our re- uh, rehabilitation efforts with our ministry sites are here's a here's a chunk that. Um, that a chunk of money that we're able to give you again, like we talked about in the lap, last hope cast, we want to empower you to know mm-hmm. how to serve these families. Do they need food? Do they need you to help them with their $10 electricity bill? So they don't 
have the electricity cut off? Um, do you need them to, do you, can you give them $70 worth of capital so they can buy food to start making shish kebabs on the street and selling them or empanadas or repas or, or whatever. So that's um, the rehabilitation. And then the development is ideally, ideally that's always going to be your asset-based participatory making life holistically making life better, not just stopping the pain of this immediate need or crisis, is looking at the whole system. Um, chronic poverty is not something that you can relief work your way out of. It's something that you have to do development work in order to get out of. Does that make sense? That makes sense. I think that's great. And I think it is important for us to share those kind of things, as you were saying, because we can live the same crisis But according to the different context that we come from, we live it in a different way. So in order for us to be able to understand how to help and, um, and why it, what is the best way of helping, we need to understand the context behind that. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. um, I think that's super important, the fact of understanding all these stages um, and also not just being aware and conscious that those, uh, those, things, those stages exist, but also to understand how they look like in the life of those that we're trying to help. Mm -hmm. I think uh, for me, at least, at the beginning of, of, of my missionary life, I thought, well, if, if I'm doing something and if I mean to help by it, I will just do it. It doesn't matter. Like the results don't matter. Mm. And then I realized of how wrong I was <laughs> because that's just, that's wrong. It's, results it's, do matter, yeah. Yeah, and it's okay. Like you can have that flame in your heart to keep going uh, and, and doing things for others. But you can hurt people if you don't do it in the right way. Mm -hmm. So I think that's why it's important to really understand. Hurt them in the long run and, and, yeah. and actually set them up for continued cycling in the poverty cycle instead of actually helping them break out of it. Um, but development work is, is hard and messy and time-consuming and frustrating and two steps forward and 1.8 steps back. And are we making a difference? And is this... And happily, God is gracious and lets us see some success stories along the way. But there are a lot of other stories, too, that don't make the newsletters because it's so frustrating. Like, I've poured so much into you or into this program or into this project, and this is the decision you make? <laughs> really? <laughs> um, however, again, it goes back to what we talked about uh, in Hope, Hopecast 2 of based in relationship. And if we are truly living out what it is we say we believe, um, our, our love is not conditional. We're not going to set ourselves or anybody else up for failure. And I'm not talking about being unhealthy or codependent, mm -hmm. but you make a mistake. Um, I'm still going to walk with you. Let's try to fail forward. Yeah. <laughs> Let's not make that same mistake again, yeah. but it really does take so, so much time, energy yeah. and effort. Yeah. And I think, um, As you were mentioning all these things, it came to my mind that there are these stages, right? But it's not like you can you can decide when you are in which stage, mm. right? Like you, you, there are some different things it's, that happen around you. It's a porous boundary, yes, indeed. And as, and as equals H, we have seen how we have to support people, be with them, walk with them through those different stages. Mm -hmm. And sometimes after COVID, we have seen that how God just decides and we just go back. Mm -hmm. And we have to, once we are already in the development stage. We're doing such good work. Oh, there's a global pandemic. Exactly. Oh, exactly. Shoot. So <laughs> then that's why it is important to be aware of those things. 
as the base of the entire thing, you know, mm -hmm. just understanding those contexts so that we're able to walk with them and do the right thing, serving in the right way for them um, in any stage that we might find ourselves in. So, And it, it is poor. I mean, obviously right now it's an incredibly fluid line between it all. Because so many of our students and families are in crisis. Mm -hmm. They're in crisis due to this pandemic. And we still want to help them with development. Um, and we don't want to stay in crisis alleviation very long. Crisis is when, uh, again, that alleviation effort is like you just go and give and give and give and give and you just like, okay, stop the bleeding, stop the triage, stop the hunger, here's water, here's food, here's clothes. But if you stay a moment too long, and doing crisis alleviation when you need to already be starting into the rehabilitation or the development stage, then you can set people up for for really hard damage, lifelong damage. Um, and so it's, you know, we can only do what we can do. And thank you, God, that your grace is enough and it covers us and covers all of our ministry partners. And we all continue to fail forward. But um, it's it's a porous and it's just challenging, difficult. This yeah. is this is the real That's life true. coming to you from Quito, Ecuador. I would be, <laughs> this podcast is um, going to look at some of the hard and raw truths of this is wonderful and awesome, and there are really hard things in the middle of it. Thank you for that, Cam. I think that is preparing, like all that information is preparing our minds to understand a little bit more of, of um, what is actually happening. And we're going to, as you said, we're going to dedicate different hope asks Hopecast to different topics, and one of them is the impact of the COVID crisis. Mm -hmm. But before we get there, it is very necessary for us to understand the entire background of it. So next time, we're going to look a little bit more at poverty. We're going to look at physical poverty, poverty of condition. We're going to look mm -hmm. at the poverty of being or the poverty of self and the mental aspects of what poverty does to someone and poverty of purpose and poverty of responsibility um, with some really, really interesting topics that we'll, we'll dive into next time. Thank you for listening and thanks for, uh, for keeping in tune with us and everything that we're sharing here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And we'll see you on our next Topecast. Ciao, ciao. Ciao. Thanks for listening to our Hopecast. If you want to join the mission or know more about it, please visit our webpage, www.educationequalshope.org, or check our YouTube channel and Instagram with the same name.